2: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW group. Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: Get all the latest football headlines and bite-sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblowers daily podcast. Look for The Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. He is psychic Josh Landy in his Soho House style office. Hello, Josh. Let me ask you one question before we begin. We've been a lot of feedback from the listeners. A few complaints a few mentions of the fact that sometimes you're eating during the podcast and they can, they, yeah, haven't you seen these complaints? <laughs> and they can hear you munching away sometimes when you don't turn off your mic on the Zoom. Would you like to address this very important issue?
3: I don't believe it's me, Boyd. Oh. No. uh, I think there are uh, gremlins in the system. Uh, Very rare. I I can remember an occasion that I was eating during this podcast. But the problem, dear listener, is that Boyd Hilton moves the time of these podcasts (laughs) with no regard for other people's schedules. And here we are tonight at 20 past 10 in the evening, finally able to do this podcast because Boyd's Busy hectic lifestyle means Alan and I have been waiting for the last hour and a half Ooh. to do this podcast. Wow! And um, maybe that's why I was impacted, and my dinner w- was being eaten, perhaps mm. when still warm. I don't know. I hadn't seen these complaints. Was it several or just one?
0: It was a couple. A couple. I would say two really?
3: or three. Two or three. Oh, I do maybe they left not, you out. It's because... not acceptable. No, I apologise. Thank you. I only have a bottle of Evian in front of me, so no food tonight.
0: Excellent. I've got a bottle of uh, Southern Peach Lemonade as well. Alan Alga is with us, the legend, the pundit, the Guna um, columnist, Guna fanzine columnist himself, betting expert, I'm saying. Uh, Welcome, Alan. How are we doing? Good, thank you. Apart from uh, apologies for keeping you waiting. Oh. I, I was at a screening tonight of the London Film Festival film and uh, there was a Q&A afterwards and it started late. The director wouldn't shut stop, stop talking. <laughs> and it just went on and on and on. I, at one point I was going to walk out and then I messaged uh, Josh to apologise. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm going to make you feel better, Boyd, after, you know, Josh saying all that. Uh, this yeah. time suits me fine. It's, oh, Great. Right
0: best time of day for me to do it good to know good to know i was thinking on the way here actually of like an original question to ask to open the this obviously we're all in a state i well i'm certainly in a state of high pleasure because of the triumph against liverpool and the triumph against bedo Glimp, of course as well uh long thursday um so i was trying to think of an interesting way in and this suddenly struck me remember you know obama for two things about obama he there was a video circulated of him slagging off um, Arteta saying he, he can only deal with young kids, young players. I'm paraphrasing. And he had trouble with, you know, older personalities. Again, I'm paraphrasing. But my question is, thinking about Aubameyang being forced out of the club, is would we be where we are today now, top of the league, on this tremendous run, playing brilliant football, if he hadn't? if Aubameyang hadn't been consistently late to training and whatever else he did to annoy Arteta, and Arteta basically got rid of him? Alan?
1: It's a really interesting question, and I I suppose I'm going to answer it with a question, because if Aubameyang stays, then that means that he's bought into whatever Arteta was trying to implement, and therefore there wouldn't have been any of that, um, you know, lateness and just general lack of desire and he would have been part of this project. So it's his attitude that got him thrown out. So it wasn't his ability that got him thrown out. It was his attitude. So, and I think the attitude then have affected what you were seeing on the pitch. So sort of throw it back at you and say, look, if the cause of any of that was his misbehaviour, getting him thrown out, then it happened for the right reasons. And you know, that, that decision Looks massively vindicated now.
0: Yeah, I get. I guess thinking about um, all or nothing and what and what that revealed, and also the all or nothing with Pep actually as well is that they do. I think they both do function much particularly well with young, malleable, incredibly enthusiastic players like Jesus and um, you know all those other brilliant players that he's kind of helped got better, Pep and i feel like with our young players actually apart from all the other things that he's proven about himself in this in this particular season so far his way with the with those young players is really important i think and actually that is maybe that maybe it's true maybe i i feel personally that even if Yang had and i was absolutely critical of Arteta at the time i thought it was an example of bad man management that he couldn't incorporate um Yang into the squad but i now feel that the fewer older Slightly more, like in, in in all in all or nothing, there are scenes where Bamiang is clearly taking the piss out of him and his his you know team talks and all that. Whereas I feel like the kids are have a more inherent respect
3: for what he's trying to do and say, Josh. Yeah, and that was something left in all or nothing. Yeah, so it makes you wonder what wasn't there that a or others might have been doing, and it was noticeable, wasn't it? Yeah it was to do with when Arteta was making them put their hands together and and rub them. And I think they did end up winning the game. Was it away at Burnley? I'm trying to remember all the different episodes. And it came across that even with Arteta doing a wry smile to the way Arteta, to the way Aubameyang reacted, you, you thought there's something going on there, but we do have a, you know, a young team and maybe one of the graphics that Sky Sports put up ahead of the game yesterday was quite telling about how Jurgen Klopp in his second full season at Liverpool had the youngest Premier League team and has gone on this extraordinary run of success over the last five years. But now they're the 18th so far this season, they've been the 18th Um youngest so you know right down at the bottom whereas there has been a very considered approach we've seen it transfer window after transfer window of what Arsenal are trying to do I think we've basically got what three people in their 30s is that right Xhaka Elneny and Cedric and they're all only just you know 30 31 so
1: only only one of them is a guaranteed starter as well
3: yeah correct so yeah it's a huge huge difference um that video is quite funny. Do we know who filmed it? Why has that? I think he's, put, he's put a
0: statement out. I've seen saying that yes, he filmed it. They filmed it very, when he first joined Barcelona.
3: But um, is it like leaked? Is that someone at Barcelona filmed it and it was before they actually, you know, like he thought he was yeah, off camera kind of. Thing? I think so. I think
0: that's like edited an edit that they that they that has been leaked. Yeah, a kind of
3: you know. Yeah, I, 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 it's not knows? a good look. Arteta no. comes up better than Aubameyang.
0: Yeah. yeah, completely. But Aubameyang said in his statement, admitting that this was real, it wasn't a fake, deep fake, like from out of um, the capture on BBC One. That Enjoyed um that. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant show. Um, but he said that he was still, basically he said he was still bitter at the time. I mean, Aubameyang kind of admitting that, you know, he was in a bad mood with Arteta. Fair enough. I mean, he's a human being. I mean, you can't blame him. It would be weird in a way for him not to be angry with Arteta, wouldn't it, and to lash out in, 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 in this fairly small way, Alan? I mean, I, I just feel that it's quite revealing that how young our squad is, how young Arteta is, and how that's kind of working in our favour now that we've stuck with him and that the, and the, the, and the, the, you know the club stuck with him. It just feels like this is all the right way to go about it
1: well i mean look, if we if we were look at any of the things we were saying long before um arteta even got the job mm. we all had suspicions that the players were doing pretty much what they wanted to do and, and not necessarily down tools but stopped sort of you know doing the extra little bits um I mean what they call it at the moment quiet quitting is the uh, is the phrase at the moment I see in all the all the uh features in the in the magazines in the newspapers but um it's it's not far off what I suspected some of the squad were doing back then in in the the latter years of of Arsene Wenger's reign and you know We've, we've mentioned him, and I, I think I think it is good to mention Arsene Wenger. You've mentioned him, to be specific. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's very good to mention Arsene Wenger because, look, it, it's so obvious now, especially in some of the things Arteta said in All or Nothing, and especially in some of the things he said to Michael Calvin in a really good interview last week. He knows. He was there as a player. He knows that the discipline the attention to detail and everything dropped off in the latter years of Benga. And he knows that what he inherited was the mess from that. Now, Unai Emery tried to stop it in a more drastic way and didn't get the buy-in of the players and didn't get the buy-in of the owners. I think when Arteta took the job, as we've seen from all or nothing, he probably told the owners this is a real mess it will get worse before it gets better and you've got to back me the whole way and if you do you will see the results and I think that's what we're seeing and all the evidence is there we all speculated on it but you know the good thing for us that's us you know the people that speculated on it and said this is the deep malaise from Wenger not paying attention you know we're being vindicated now uh, as much as Arteta has been in in all of his decisions. And it feels like we're back to those first 10 years of Wenger, which he deserves immense credit for. You know, when when we say stuff like this, it's not taking away or being ungrateful for the first 10 years. It's actually doing him the favour of splitting him into two and saying, love that bit, didn't quite like this bit. And we're definitely seeing it now. And we're seeing it in the attitude of the players. We're seeing it in the way the fans are responding. and That mess looks as though it's been unravelled. And I'm not saying it's going to be plain sailing from here on in. It definitely won't be, especially with such a young squad. But I can now see the best of the old Wenger times and the best of the old George Graham times being melded together in something that everyone has got behind, and especially the fans in the stadium, because the support, it just blows me away every single time now. Um, you know Liverpool scored twice yesterday. It is back with the roars of Arsenal. Arsenal, it, it, as soon as that kind of thing happens, anytime we concede at home, anytime we concede away, that the, the fans, uh, it's just it's it's like a different club. It's mm. like a different club, mm. and it's. It, it's you know, sometimes I just stand there in awe of it and do, yeah, I we, sort of celebrate. I look around, I, I, I can't believe this.
0: Yeah, Josh and I sat together um, for the first Amazing. time in, in years uh, uh, yesterday. And we, at one point you said, Josh, because we were in the middle, of, they were doing a North Bank, North Bank, Clock End, Clock End, Highbury, uh chant. Um, and it went on and on. It was really loud. And you, you, you said like, you couldn't believe the atmosphere. It was—it It's brilliant being in the middle of that to and fro. Um, which I think happened, yeah, after one of the goals we let in, or in a moment when someone. No, it was
1: it was, it like was uh, during an injury to uh, Liverpool. during an injury. Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it was but you're right. They're very rousing when we when we go goal down. We don't. Yeah, we, yeah,
3: yeah. The most noticeable moment I think was when Firmino scored, mm. it, and immediately the fans, you know, you our oh, second time in the game, it felt like you know sucker punched on the break. Arsenal going for the third at the time. To you know hopefully put the game to bed and yeah, the crowd reaction was amazing and it has been since the start of the season. When Saliba in the first home game, it was Leicester, wasn't it? Where he scored that own goal and immediately the crowd got behind him and it set the tone for the whole season and the way that you know the supporters have been uh responding. Um, it makes a massive difference, Alan. I, 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 I get what you're saying on the f- Few bits here. I don't want to turn this into another Josh, you know, Josh on Venga coming up.
0: Josh on Arsenal Venga coming up. Go on, go for it.
3: No, I just think this is just like, so much. You, rejo- like, you, like, don't Ar- Arsenal turned us from like th- three years before he turned us into champions. I think we were twelfth, right? Like, you know, you're you're talking about you know changes in, in the club. Like, that was actually making true. us champions, not top after eight games. Like we still, we just need a bit of a you know. I get your wider point. Alan hit, but you need to give some to
1: respect to what he did. Mess. But he didn't have to deal with his own mess, did he? He did not have to deal with his own mess. You're never going to see what he would have done in the intervening. If he'd still been at the club now, there's not a chance, not a chance we'd be where we are. And, and you've got to at least give me that. If you, I know you don't want to criticise him, but look, he's, he's, he started a decline that took nearly as long to overturn. He had a 10-year decline, and it's taken nearly five years to reverse it. And th- there's no dispute in that. I mean, look at all the numbers, everything from it. I mean, uh, it's not even a Wenger debate. It's it's a club debate. It, it, you know, it, and and what we're seeing now is the fact that, you know, there are, there are fewer Wenger in- influences at the club now. Um, you know, how many of the players... Would have even come across Wenger, one or two or three, maybe from the from the starting eleven. It, it, it's a huge difference, and and Arteta has achieved that. That total difference in everything around the club, and that has that has gone into the stands. It's gone into the online support. It's gone into every other little facet of the club. And Wenger, yes, he did do that. I'm not taking away what he did do, but I'm telling you that the decline, he 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 was part of that and this it's, it's being turned around.
0: Yeah, I, I think we okay, we can
1: definitely... I don't want to I turn this in Yeah, anymore, I can hear the but, listeners. Uh, yeah, let's I, agree hope, you, well,
3: I agree with you. Oh, cool, so I agree Arteta with you, of course. Mikel Arteta leads us to a Champions yeah. League final and in that horrific demise that you speak <laughs> of leads us to three FA Cups Um you know, in those final five seasons and the semi-final and quarterfinals of Champions League, you know, games to look forward to in the, in the years ahead. But no question, it's a happier place. And let's talk about the happier place, Boyd. being yes. next to you, I couldn't have been in a happier uh, place. I'd say it was, it was incredible to watch the game alongside you. Thank you to uh, to Dermot and, and Dan for giving up um, their seat. They have even busier social uh, and work calendars, <laughs> a new board, which says something extraordinary about about both of them. Demet it was, was, great.
0: Doing was doing that run. Dom was doing that run for the half marathon. Yeah, the half marathon. Yeah, I think Dom was as well. Dom Dom uh, Baldwin. I think. Yeah, I'm sure you can find them. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's cancer wow. research. I think so. Um, yeah. Well, we should all give money to cancer
3: research. Yeah, that, that enabled you, you to d- sit next to me. You boy, you refused to have a bean burger. You just went for some chips. pre yeah. much chips is all yeah. you were stretching to this week.
0: Yeah, the bean burger is 14 quid now. By the way. um and uh it's just too I've mentioned it before, it's too they haven't really changed the um the recipe, it's too thick a wodge of uh, bean, frankly. But more importantly than that, even is how um how kind of I never felt against Liverpool. This is a new feeling. This is definitely a new feeling for me because I'm one of the most pessimistic fans you, you know, ever. I always think we're gonna let it go any minute. And defensively we have issues, we'll talk about that. There are issues, but I never felt, Alan, in that game that we were going to lose. I, I, I thought that I predicted two-all draw, slightly angry that you know, I, I was proven wrong. And I was thrilled, obviously, that we got that third goal. But I never felt like... Uh, I know Liverpool are going through a tough time, but they're still are still a very, very good team and they still have their moments. But I always thought maybe we might end up in a draw, but I never felt they're going to beat us. I feel like we've got that real mental, that, that kind of incredible sturdiness which is mostly mostly mental. The mental strength, in fact, that Arsenal used to go on about. It's, it's just a transformation.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I sort of felt that way too. And I think we probably do have to say now a lot of that is due to the fact that, you know, the Liverpool of this season aren't at the heights of, of their previous season. So I think most Arsenal fans did go into the game thinking, take a draw. Because that would be progressing yeah. in recent games against them, but we can win. You know, there's no reason why we can't win, and and I think a lot of people were were relatively optimistic going into a game against you know a team that's caused us huge huge issues. Um, that they are a different team. I, I, I mean, I, I tweeted about it last night, half tongue tongue in cheek, but I, I firmly believe that. Um, when they haven't got Mane breaking up the play and being given almost free will by referees to, to <laughs> make fouls. I mean, the, the game away at Anfield last season, he made six, what you would sort of call bookable fouls. If, if Granit Xhaka was making them, um, in, in the first half and, um, and only received the yellow, in, you know, first, first foul of the second half. I, I, I mean, anyone that responded to me saying that was nonsense, you don't know how hard it is to play against the team that are allowed to foul and, and get away with fouling you and break up your play. And obviously the other qualities of Mane are that sometimes he does that legitimately as well. And he chases down and, and you know, there was none of that. And then, you know, how dozy Henderson was in, in midfield. You talked about the age of our squad, you know, Liverpool's midfield yesterday had a combined age of near, nearly 60 between the two of them. And and you know we nearly had sixty between the three of the three of It I mean, it made a massive difference, and they did. They were allowed to dominate, and they 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 were allowed to keep us in the game, even though we had a rough little period around that twenty-five to thirty-five mark, which incidentally is exactly the same ten minutes where Tottenham scored their yeah. goal and, and yeah. came back.
0: Yeah, and, I was thinking that. Yeah,
1: and uh, I, I sort of wondered at the time you mentioned the defense It's it's well, it's well on to 200 days since our last home clean sheet in the Premier League, which is, you know, a pretty shocking statistic that, you know, half a year without a clean sheet at home, considering some of the sort of poor sides that we play, I don't want to throw any negatives at what we're doing at the moment. (laughs) I I, still think, I, I do think though that, that that does need to be addressed. That's a pretty alarming statistic that, and, um, you know i I know we've got three reasonably easy uh Premier League games coming up, but one of them is at home, and I would you know I'd really hope that that's the one where we we stop this run of days.
3: We are eight games at home in the Premier League, eight wins. you know that is incredible, obviously it's five this season, but we we've got to go back to the last three of of last camp campaign as well, Al. So I know what you're saying, oh, but to have that record. kind of incredible yeah. home form is extraordinary. And I know we've done this sort of winning eight of the first nine. I think we've actually done it twice in the in the Premier League era, haven't we? I think 2005 and maybe 2008. So there is precedence, um, although Wenger did it, so actually we can disregard it, Al. Don't worry about well, it. Well, aren't we, are we in time. fact,
0: Josh, aren't exactly. we in fact the only
3: <laughs> team to achieve
0: that and then not go on to win the title under Wenger? I think. I think
3: right.
0: so. Yeah. He no. Yeah. So no kind of you were thinking did... it was a positive. Actually, maybe it was a negative.
3: No. So. No manager. It's definitely a odd. positive that you go and win eight of your first nine. It gives you a better chance, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: but you should go on to
1: win the league. Yeah, um, no, man, no manager has been odds on more for the league and failed. Uh, so, I mean, get anyway, great. Right. Listen, but George, uh, Josh, you've done it. <laughs> I've combined both your names there, Josh. You've done it again. <laughs> I, honestly, up to five oh five oh six and Champions League final. There's no criticism from me on any of those first 10 years whatsoever. You won't find any criticism from me, including those runs you just mentioned. Um, yeah, I wasn't being negative about the goals conceded, but I just think you'd like to see it, wouldn't you, you know, in the oh, Forest game yeah. in a
0: few weeks that that run gets ended. It is an issue. I, we have to be honest. I mean, I, we, we, as positive, we, 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 you know, obviously we're all, we're all very happy. But I think, I don't think we can, um, I don't think we can, you know, hide the fact that they have defensive issues. I I I worry about Gabriel generally. I think he's he's hot headed. I kind of you know. What, go on, Josh. Yeah.
3: No, he's the only thing, isn't
0: he? Well, there's no. Is there any other negative you know on what? the pitch? I watched it back. Moment. Did you? I watched the whole game back, as I do, as is my wont. Um, after going to see Morrissey. What hang on. I had yesterday. That's what I mean.
3: Hang hang on. On. You you shut off at full time. Yeah. To go And hang out with David Williams. Yeah go watch Morrissey and you still had time to watch the whole game back yeah I got
0: back it was insane yeah I just I started watching I thought I'll carry on in the morning and I just got gripped (laughs) it was grippy it was such a good game um because it was so such a brilliant game we haven't even said that absolute classic it had everything that's why I I really it's incredibly entertaining to watch it all back and when you're there you know there's little things you miss like Michael Oliver going over to the fucking managers was so weird and I remember at the time saying to you, what, what is he doing? And well, no... did,
1: did you guys, uh, that's a good, good question. Did you guys think it was a VAR check on a potential penalty? I thought it was. And that's why I thought the crowd were cheering. But I didn't understand why he went to the managers. That's a little conflab with the manager. Well, he, he went to tell them what had been alleged oh, on the pitch well, and has referred right. to the fourth official in the FA. I don't know if you picked up on this.
0: Well, I know the FA's investigating, aren't they? But, yeah. And, and there so was... that's
1: what he went over to say to them that that is reported the allegation of both bosses, bosses and said it'll include it in his report.
0: Right, right. Um, so I it mean, was a Jordan, I, Henderson, get... clap. Jordan Henderson, Gabrielle, Jordan Henderson, Gabrielle were were hilariously, I mean, at, at it. I, I, I do think Jordan Henderson is is a, is. A, I mean, he is a bell end. I think, but. Um... Uh, he was particularly uh, furious. He's
3: a better end until you need to interview him for a magazine, isn't he? Oh, are, God, yeah. I take that back if I need to interview yeah. take that back. Um, we uh, are top but... of the table for the first time after nine or more games since December 2016. Yes. So yes. It's, That's nearly six yeah. years. So it's, it's a yeah. strange feeling for Arsenal fans to sort of be sitting here even a couple of months into the season top mm. of the league.
1: Yeah, short, shortest price for the title since that season as
0: well. What's the price for the title? Around six, seven to one. Oh, okay, I mean, it's not going to
3: happen, is it? I mean, that's insane. I mean, there's no, you know, I mean... Well, it's not Leicester, boy. It's not 5,000 to one. You've got to give it some small percentage. Yeah, I know, but I mean...
0: Man City, it's just ridiculous. But I, I, I'm just. But what we did always say in in a, a, I don't want to go on to, in in the in the Vega period. Well I always just say. I just wanted us to compete, and there's absolutely no doubt we're competing. The one thing I what that's why I didn't finish. What when I watched the, watched it back, the one thing I didn't really notice particularly. is Saliba, Saliba had a couple of moments as well, a couple of dodgy moments, and I love him. He's brilliant. He's transformed maybe our defence possibly, and he's like you know please God, let him sign a new contract. But he had a cup. he had one moment where he nearly scored another own goal and there's another, but generally there were a couple of moments him and Gabriel didn't, I don't know, positionally didn't seem right. Alan, uh, uh, you know, I I also don't want to bring up the negatives, but it's literally, it's almost saying the only issue in such a brilliant performance and such a kind of gritty, um, fantastic start to the season is, is what you're talking about, that we can't keep a clean sheet and there are still defensive issues.
1: Yeah, and... I mean I've, I've even seen it levelled at Ramsdale that he got his angles wrong again and 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 that is a worry um not from me uh but that you know some fans have suggested that's a worry I think when you when you overly scrutinize defensive players and and keepers no team's going to go on a run of keeping you know <laughs> clean sheets every single game and, and not concede at all and and no player is going to go through 90 minutes without making what is deemed as a mistake. I don't think they were alarming errors. When you combine them together, sometimes our defence, you do worry. And I think Gabriel's probably at the top of that league of errors where you worry. But I I still think that as a unit, they're so much better than than what we've had in the past few years that, yeah. you'll take those mistakes
0: yeah, over I agree. I agree. Yeah. any yeah. personnel changes. 100%. Let's take a break. With Lucky
3: Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
2: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: And we're back from the break. Um, what I was thinking was that performance. It's all mental, isn't it? It's all like it shows you, like. Because we've got great players, you know, Jesus has been transformational to some extent. And he was again, you know, the way he he, he, he starts the press right at the top. And he's such a kind of annoying player to play against all of those things. But the confidence is such a, like everything about it is it's kind of oozing out of all the players. I think it's fantastic to see. I mean, it's a slightly banal observation, but Josh.
3: No, they, they've spoken about the, the confidence. There was a bit of super Sunday. Did you see, is it, the magician, he's been on the podcast, his name escapes me just for a moment, um, beginning with M, come on help me out here boy, the uh, Arsenal uh, magician, you know who I mean, Arsenal um, magician. Who, who did a lovely piece on Sky Sports Super Sunday. And it was with Odegaard and Ramsdale. And um, he um, he was sort of talking to them about the the confidence. I mean, he sort of was half magician. Um, Marvin Burgless is what I'm thinking. Uh, he was half being magician, half being interviewer. They gave him quite an interesting brief. He was sort of wowing them with his magic tricks, but also dropping into questions as if he was Jeff Shreves about how much they're enjoying being part of this team. And that was what came across from the interview. Ramsdale were talking about the absolute confidence they have all in each other. Now, they walk out of the stadium at the moment, they know the fans are totally 100% behind them and encouraging them. And they feel like they can beat anybody. And it and it is looking every bit like that. And even when, you know, you're pegged back twice. And if we'd seen that from Arsenal over the last couple of years, you'd have thought maybe the game will get away from them. And, um, yeah, like the confidence is, it's uh, it, the- it, just, it just could not, it could not be higher. And even the yeah. decisions that Arteta is making yesterday, the big one uh, left back Tommy Yasu mm. playing ahead of a fit Kieran Tierney, the decision being down to the belief that who's the best one-on-one defender, can he go up against Salah and keep him quiet, totally vindicated. And that let's be honest, decision with VAR heavily went our way, or not with VAR, but the penalty decision, I think, had that not been given, I don't think it gets overturned for clear and obvious. So, yeah, we're just, just getting the rubber. Oh, yeah. Rubber That's
0: what I wanted to ask. You've reminded me what I was going to ask, that when I, and I completely forgot before we went to the break, which is, Alan, can we now discount the idea that referees are um, against us forever, either either um, deep down, subconsciously or consciously in the conspiracy theorists? I know you're not one of the conspiracy theorists, but then, no, we they de- are the conspiracy
1: we definitely can't. Yeah, I we mean... Def- <laughs> we definitely cannot. And I think, as Ian Wright said, we got lucky yesterday, but yeah. that, that's, what, that's a drop in the ocean compared to what we've had to deal with. And I want to give you a little stat. And if you don't agree with me after this, then I'm in trouble because I'll <laughs> never, ever convince you. Gabriel Jesus, which league has he been playing in before he came to Arsenal? The Premier League. Yeah. In 100 matches for Manchester City, He has been booked five times. In 10 matches for Arsenal, in the same division, he has been booked four times in 40% of the matches instead of five. Now, if you take out the fact that probably City have more possession than Arsenal, more likely to be played winning football, but, you know, we've been playing winning football since he's been in the team. Why, why is Gabriel Jesus, who hasn't changed his game, suddenly being booked in 40% of his matches rather than 5% of his matches? Um,
0: well, there's no answer. Other say than, is, well, other there than, is one answer. So other it, than, it's a little bit what you said. I mean, you said, you know, Van City. Go on. He's been refereed different uh, because of his shirt. You
1: know, he's at Arsenal, he's being asked to do a slightly different job, but that does not equate to a 35% shift in the number of times he gets booked. He's exactly the same personality and same player and, and the same style of player being asked to do an ever so slightly different job in no, a I team. Would say,
0: ah, I has, would say, no, I I, I, I would say he's been asked to do a, def- a different job. He leads our line. He leads the press. He is our number nine. He is uh, loads of stuff starts with him, and he is he, going and he's tracking back and defend. And, you know, he's like he's just our main man. I don't think he was ever Man City's main man. I think that's a massive difference.
1: But in the matches he, he started, but that's but but you know, I'm talking about matches he started for for City, not the 20 minutes where he's coming on at
0: the end. No, but, I know, I know. But even then, um, he doesn't. He's, he wasn't the same. For, he's not the same. It's not the same role. Both mentally and and, and on the pitch and in terms of positioning, everything. It's a a, a completely different situation. So I would actually, uh, that would be my argument. As I say,
1: I I just don't
0: (laughs) see how that can equate to a
1: 35% shift. But anyway, it has led me down the rabbit hole of checking every single player that's played for us, that's played for another team to see if their percentage was different elsewhere. I will get back to you on the next podcast. And if I can convince you that, the vast majority of players played elsewhere and didn't get booked as many times, then at least then surely you'll uh, meet me with uh, some degree that okay. I might be correct on this.
0: Okay. Maybe. Maybe.
3: I love the research, Al. I applaud it. It's good that you're in the industry that you're yeah. in, albeit not in a role where you need to worry about that level of statistic in a day-to-day level. Anymore. <laughs> no, anymore. Um, no. Yeah, it, it was joyous. It was absolutely joyous. And and another stat I saw on the back of this, which Alan will enjoy, I think that's the 12th time in a row now where we've been leading at halftime and gone on to win and again, you, you know, showing resilience to, to go out and, and win games. And yeah, I, I, I think we said it against, you know, in the podcast after Tottenham about how much of the stadium stayed behind and i know you've shot off boyd because you had morrissey to yeah. get to but i yeah. don't think i don't know what you thought alan i don't think i've seen as many people stay in the stadium i i cannot remember just a premier league victory it felt like it was still full five minutes later it was it was really something it it was really special what well, did you did you notice that al yeah i i, I stayed in
1: the seat um We uh, had Nico, the YouTube star who ran for London Mayor, right next to us. Great guy. Really, really nice guy. Um, And we were chatting to him. And do you know what? It, It was actually incredible because what I noticed at the end of the game is the amount of people that weren't, Usually in my section, they're just sort of berating the, berating the away fans because we're I'm in club level, just above the away fans, and you're sort of waving them out in the stadium. But people were really genuinely focused on the players and trying to give them their, you know, plaudits as they were going around the pitch. And and that's that's sort of what's caught me now is that the players just seem more connected with the fans and more likable to the fans and um. I, I, I I do think, yeah, people are staying in late at the end of the games. And I think that people are staying in the stadium later. People are getting in the stadium earlier. Um, Yeah, totally different vibe, totally different vibe. And at the end, it's great because you've led me to something that I I sort of did last season when the guy got in touch with me, but um, Pedro on pole, uh, Pete, who is the... um, He's the announcer now. He's yes,
3: taken- we, love, we love Pete.
1: Well, do you know what? It's incredible because if there was an award for most improved person at Arsenal last season, it probably wouldn't have gone to the players. It would have gone to him. And now what he does with <laughs> Nigel Mitchell, in terms of the hosting that he does with Nigel Mitchell now, those two, and bear in mind, I go to a lot of Premier League grounds, those two are the best match day hosts in the Premier League they get everything right from the song choices to the way that they announce stuff to the messages they send out to the way they interact with fans when they're interviewing them honestly those two are different class so i think that needs to say especially after last year when you know i probably was a, a bit over but uh great people and you know arsenal through and through and that might, probably makes the difference so uh, you know, the song choices at the end, that keeps the fans in the stadium. There's no more sweet Caroline. Mm-hmm. It's been joyous, absolutely joyous for
3: those two. Yeah, you're 100% right to give credit. I did see Pete and Nigel, actually, in the in the media centre of a Tottenham game. And you're right. And, and that's just Pete being a young fan in tune with what the supporters want. And whether it's uh, playing, you know, the tequila song or, uh, you know, Granite Xhaka's song, he... Is getting the tone right, you know, of, of what the stadium want. See what he does if we if we lose a home game this season. What exactly <laughs> you know, he goes for, but he's he's been spot on every time. I can agree with you. Know the,
1: you know, like the parallel with with trusting Arteta, young boss, but he'll eventually get it right. Trust some of the players; they're, <laughs> they're young, they'll eventually get it right. And it, you know, it feels the same with him as well. Yeah, you know? <laughs> few little yeah. team
3: problems at the start. We've got to get Pete it's on, the, boy.
1: Yeah, Go we get, should get him on. The, it, yeah, he's great, great broadcaster too.
0: Ditching, um, ditching Sweet Caroline almost as important as ditching William, for example. You know, think, <laughs> yeah, think, yeah, exactly. Think of, uh, That's another. point. <laughs> it's a long, it's a long time since William, wasn't it? Just think of that. Uh, I wanted to say one thing actually, and we are we are being very positive, and it's and it's absolutely brilliant. I'm fully, you know, I, I, many things. I feel like I, we, maybe Alan, and all of us, just slightly less, were critical of of Arteta. Um, but certain people have said, like um, Chris Sutton keeps saying on Five Live, partly as a joke because he's like a, 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 he, he's a full member of the like Arsenal fans' article kind of you know theorists. But the thing is, we've all grown, we've all learned, haven't we, as well, you know, as fans and good to learn to appreciate Arteta's good points, his brilliant points. But it's it, it, but factually, you can't deny that there were periods under his, um, managership. Which were awful. We had some terrible runs. We played some terrible football. Like I, it's almost like a the transformation is so extraordinary that it feels like a kind of distant nightmare. The period when William was playing all the time, before he played uh, uh, Emil Smith Rowe instead. And when we played like constantly passing it around the back in that shoehorn of hell, you know, it was, we were terrible under him for long, quite long periods. And so I do feel that there's a lot of revisionist people saying, oh, Arsenal fans are so fickle, they wanted Arteta out. But the reason why Arteta out was a hashtag at one at various points is we were awful. And that makes the turnaround even more spectacular for me. But let's not airbrush history for me and, and, and say, you know, he's been obviously a great, success from the start obviously it was always going to work is my point
1: yeah i, I agree with that and obviously you had the message from uh, our dear friend amanda saying get, get Alan on and and you know yeah tell us why he was doubtful but you're dead right boy you know <laughs> we we had every reason to be doubtful we weren't plucking things out the air were we at random we were we were pointing out factual stuff that was going on saying you've got to question that. And I think we were only sort of being quite realistic rather than, I don't think either of us uttered Arteta out in the same way we never uttered Wenger out because we don't like that kind of support. But there were certainly times where where we both questioned the project and and the progress. Uh, I think, um, you know, I even replied in the tweet saying, you know, realists never have big victories because they're always sort of, going between two stores and trying to give balance to both sides. And anyone giving a balanced argument is never going to have a big victory ever because, uh, you know, it's people who have wild opinions and um, one-way opinions that get the big victories. And those people that backed Arteta, um, good on them. But, you know, they never really had an answer during that time other than, well, I think it will just come good. I don't ever remember them giving a good reason to convince me why it would come good um, and uh, you know and I've said that to Lagrove and I've said that to to, to Amanda at times um, it's all well and good that you were hundred percent behind this project but at no stage did you ever tell me something or give me a little bit of insight to say oh oh yeah yeah I see that too now and uh, you know it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing um, he did have a lot to turn around and you know I said this at the start um, and the, the one thing that I always wrote in my Guna column was maybe just maybe the situation at the club is that it will get worse before it gets better. And it has to get a little bit, you know, it has to get <laughs> slightly more, de- it has to go slightly more downhill under Arteta's reign before he starts pulling it back up. Um, but, you know, let's not kid ourselves here, as you were just saying, boy he's only just edged past Unai Emery's points per game record in the Premier League with, <laughs> really? with, with us. And, you know, those people were vociferous that, that Emery should be, you know, uh, dispatched uh, to another club as, as quick as possible. So, you know, Arteta's only just gone past his win percentage, only just gone past his Premier League points per game. All for well, the better. And yeah. I think he'll streak clear in both of those stats. Yes, And I want to see it happen. Yeah, but course. let's not kid
0: ourselves that it's all been playing safe. So. Yeah. Josh is going to say something, and I need to remember what I'm going to say as well. I want to ask you a thing about Klopp. Go on, Josh.
3: Well, just on your point, Boyd, about it not being immediately obvious that it was all going to come good, because, of course, Arteta came in during that 2019-20 season, and you've always got the excuse of, you know, coming in, you know, midway through a campaign, and then, of course, we had COVID as well. But then in his first full season... You know, it went from eighth in the half season to finishing eighth. You know, there, there was no sort of you know, it's only in a, a league position. I think what did inspire people was that he had managed in those two FA Cup games, the semi final and the final of that 2019-20 season, to show what well, actually on our day we can turn up and win, and, and and winning that trophy in in the way that we did. I think was certainly bought time even off the sort of critics that when we were going through a you know a difficult season which was you know twenty 2021 wasn't you know brilliant we ended up losing 13 league games we uh, you know did did go quite far in the Europa League all the way to the semi-final but it you know it wasn't plain sailing by um by any means, but uh, I think it was those semi-finals that maybe when yeah. and this isn't the point scoring, but when you were being a bit more negative, I would <laughs> I would still think so hard about those that semi-final win and the and the FA Cup final win and go. Well, I hope um, there is there is reason to be optimistic.
0: Yeah, but um, all I'd say
3: there, is... but people will still go. Last year, we you know cocked it up and right. You know, I was going to say yeah. fingers could be pointed at Arteta. So yeah, um, we, we that's why one, we have sure. to be reality. Top four yeah. is still the aim this season, much as we are rightfully being a 6-7 mm. to 1 shot in the in the title race.
0: I was going to mention to uh, ask about um because I was watching what I, when I when I saw um, Klopp yesterday um making that substitution taking Salah off which was a brilliant compliment you know to to Tommy Yasser, obviously on one level but equally I thought what a mad, kind of a mad bit of managership. It, even Klopp and I I I th- I think Klopp's brilliant I think he's what, what he's achieved is amazing But it kind of put into perspective a little bit for me, this is me being doing a bit of a mayor culpa, which is that even even completely brilliant managers who've achieved almost everything in football, like him, can, I think that was a weird decision to take off Salah, because... You know, it's like he's still their best attacking player, one of their best attacking players. He's, I know he didn't have the best of games, but he could have still, he ended up, and I think um, Gary Neville mentioned it on the commentary as I watched it back, they ended up with fewer forwards, way fewer forwards than they did when they started the match, and they were looking for a goal. They desperately needed a goal. I thought he made some weird decisions. And that. But, and the reason I mention that is because now I feel like if Arteta does make one or two weird decisions, we can't, I can't rushly then, you know, kind of condemn him as if that's like a thing that no great manager would ever do. Do you know what I mean? They're all capable of doing weird stuff, aren't they? Alan? Yeah, completely. I mean, I can't
1: can't remember any manager in history that's not made a mistake. I think the the big thing with with Arteta is because he's a manager for the first time, and this might actually connect to the last point we were making about um, the slow progress, if you if you appoint a manager that is a first time manager at your club all of the mistakes that first time managers make are going to be made at your club you don't have that benefit of having someone that's been at a lower league club and and learns about you know when's the right time to make a stab and things like that all of those things that that others you know learn much earlier in their career we've had to accept that arteta We'll make those mistakes with us and we'll learn with us. And as you saw from Klopp yesterday, mistakes will be made. I, I I'm, I'm more or less think with Klopp, and you know, you've know, you obviously acknowledged already that he's a great manager. I think with Klopp yesterday, I think he was just trying to um, come up with something completely different because um, Arteta had planned so well for the, for the way that Liverpool play. I think he just tried to just do something completely unorthodox just to see if it did change something at the end. And, and obviously, because it didn't come off, we are saying that, you know, it was a bad decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, most of the time, anytime you're taking off Mo Salah and someone with his record, it is going to probably look a, a completely bad decision. But what was interesting was I think, uh, I mean, as I say, I'm above the away fans, Liverpool fans. A few of them were sort of questioning that. You could oh, see yeah. by their their mannerisms that they were questioning that. But look, you know, we've got a young boss that's going to make his mistakes on our watch, but older, more experienced bosses still do make mistakes.
0: Yeah, 100%. Where do you think we are? Let's um, we, we let's uh, look at the bigger picture. We haven't talked about the Bodo Glimpse game. I think for me, the Bodo Glimpse game, it, it does show you that we've got a couple of players like the Vieira, you know, and, uh, and others that can be good enough for the Europa, you know, allow us to rest kind of half the team, half of that first team. And you know, I feel like that's also part of working out really well. I know we've only, you know, it's very early days in the Europa, but I just feel like I think that makes sense. People were talking about him making eleven changes, you know, and kind of transferring the whole team. For me, like he's doing the right thing. A few of the players from the from that first team, shall we call it, of the obvious team he prefers, generally, will play in the Europa. But it's also we've got enough good talented youngsters. Eddie and Katty are still. For it, to, for it to be pretty safe in the Europa, you think. And I think that, that just adds to the whole factor of this season, particularly working out pretty well so far. Josh?
3: It was stronger than I imagined going yeah. going to that game, but especially with Bolo being, the, in theory, what I think many expect is maybe the easiest game in, in the group. We've touched upon it before about the importance of winning the group, avoiding even the potential of a... Around, you know, an extra couple of games in the in the competition that can come, you know, if you don't win the group. So maybe that's why he, he went quite as strong as he did. But you know, when the game's dead and you're seeing Gabriel Jesus come on and Saka and these guys, you're thinking, well, we've got a massive game in three days. It shows the way he's approaching the competition. And he's not just giving out minutes easily let's say, because the one player who I don't think had had any minutes going into that game was Reese Nelson. And I think he just yeah. got on right at, right at the end. He sort of did give him his first minutes of the season, where really you're looking at that going, well, give him 30, 30, 40 minutes here, like the, the game's done. And, you know, in yep. contrast to bringing on, you know, and no one airy, the 15-year-old at, at Brimford, here again is, I, I feel really connected in a way to like Matt Smith, ever getting minutes for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Just when you saw him in that cup final that I mentioned earlier in 2020, I think he's got a cup final, um, a cup winner's medal from 2020 and had to sit and watch a 15-year-old come on and get, you know, minutes. And he's there. I think he's 20. He's been out on loan in, in the Football League. I'm really hoping that that he and a couple of the others do get the opportunity. Maybe it's going to take match day five, match day six before they do get that chance. Um, there was also, is it, I, I'm, Alan might connect, correct me on the pronunciation but there's Catalin. is it Kerjan as well who, who was on the bench the other day so there's definitely a couple of them who I do hope we get the opportunity to see but I suspect it will be after the next two games which hopefully will be two more wins
1: was it was it not that the the 15 year old had a special clause somewhere in in a contract that um I've I read a story since saying that it suited Arsenal to play in that day due to something uh, to do with his contract and another club sniffing around for him. So I'm not sure it was the fairy tale that um, oh, don't say we that. were we were made. To, well, no, it was still great. And he's yeah. got the record. It, you know, he's got the record. But I did read something afterwards that, that said that we had promised something against another Premier League club that was sniffing around him. So it might not be that straightforward for Matt Smith sitting there saying, you know, maybe behind the scenes, Matt Smith had it explained to him that that uh, you know that that was part and parcel of it. I, I was actually going to say, um, you know, talking of Arteta making mistakes on the job, the Nottingham Forest game last season in the FA Cup, when he he did obviously give players minutes that might have deserved it in terms of not featuring in other games, but mm. let him down, you know, massively on the day at the city ground uh, in that third round uh, FA Cup tie. Maybe he, he's learned from that and he's, he's not going to just hand minutes out um, like that. I mean, that, they let themselves down last year, that team, because they cost themselves further involvement in in the season. We we played so few games last year. Um, and, and luckily with the Europa League this season, we will get to see those players. But... You know, I, I, I think that that Nottingham Forest game will be fresh in, in Arteta's mind, knowing that he was heavily let down and, um, uh, and just picking the, the 11 freshest players or the 11 players with, with the least minutes probably isn't the way to go.
0: Yeah, I agree, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, very exciting time to be an Arsenal fan. It's all, it's, this is what it's all about. And what it's all about on this podcast is predictions. So we've got a two to make. Uh We've got the away uh fixture at Bodo Glimt on Thursday. 5.45 kickoff. Get ready for an early departure from work to see that on the Arbitis Sport. And then we've got Leeds away on Sunday at 2 o'clock. Josh, let's do a double prediction for those games.
3: Yeah. Fair play, firstly, to the 404, I think, was... The ticket allocation given to Arsenal for this game. So, wishing all those people a safe journey. And I don't think it's an easy one. I don't think there was a direct flight. So, credit to everyone who's who's making the incredible journey. I think Arsenal will win this game. I, you know, Bodo. I think the commentary team summed it up at, at the end, which I watched back, which I watched when I got back summarizing that this kind of was their cup final coming to the Emirates being the size of club. They are was, was as good as it was going to get. And I don't think they offered a lot on the pitch. So I think it will be another Arsenal win. I think maybe two nil to Arsenal. And then when we go to Ellen Road, and why wouldn't you feel confident and think that Arsenal have got enough to, to win the game? I don't think it's been, you know, an incredible season from Leeds by any means thus far. Three, um, one to Arsenal Ellen uh, road for me boy.
0: oh i was gonna say 3-1 um that's annoying obviously that's the other weird thing is that i have to do different i have to predict a different score um i'll say uh, i'm gonna how about this I might, I might predict our first clean sheet for like a decade and say i might say 3-0 for the leeds game and um Away,
1: away clean sheets have not been a problem for it. yeah the I know yeah you're sheets, right yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that's true so yeah oh, there, there we go that, that that prediction makes more sense and um and 3-1 against Bodo Glimt will concede against Glimt how about you Alan what do you think yeah
1: I thought the Bodo fans were were incredible I, I'm oh, sure they were brilliant
0: they pack, pack their stadium yeah. for for this and
1: and as as Josh says you know, it's a big cup final for them. I thought their wing backs, Bang, Gomo, and Mvuka. That, that, I mean, they when they were on the ball, they they looked pretty tricky. But they're not of the class to sort of even give our second uh, choice defenders that much of a worry. Um, I think we'll keep a clean sheet in that one. I think we'll win two 0 quite comfortably and get the job done in the in the in the group stages. Uh, Leeds. Um, They're not playing as badly as their results suggest, but they're absolutely toothless uh, up front. And I I actually think there will be a clean sheet at the weekend as well. I'm going to go for two two 2-0 games in the next five days. Wonderful.
0: Well, it's been a joy as ever, Alan, um, to have you on. Great to uh, talk to you guys. Thanks very much. Venger references and all uh cheers josh thanks for everything and good suit see you at the game and uh, we'll be back next week cheers bye if you want to advertise on or sponsor this show check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk
2: sports social podcast network